Hello and welcome along to episode 127 of Tommy G Talks. In this episode, we're addressing your questions from social media and the general theme of this one goes like this. How does technology impact mental health? How does technology impact business? And why you don't have a productivity problem, but you might need to change something. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Have a listen. Uh, Thank you to everybody who submitted a question. If you'd like to submit your question or topic uh, suggestion to us, then you can. And you'll find us in the same place that you should be following us, which is Instagram. And the best place to do that is at Tommy Gentleman, all one word, uh, Tommy Gentleman. And that way we'll be able to engage with you. We'll be able to answer your questions, bring them forward for suggestions uh, on the podcast and upcoming episodes. So again, thank you for listening. This is a great episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it, especially if you're a business owner or somebody who is interested in entrepreneurship, in being productive and how mental health uh, is impacted by technology. So thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Okay, so the format last week went really well. It's great to be back in the um, office today, making some time for the podcast. Kendall's with me again. Say hello. Hello. Charlie's with me. Say hello. Hello. And we're here to record this episode for your beautiful ears. Right. Where do we go with this then today? So you've got some questions again. Um, there, there were there were replies to my story on Instagram, and I gave them all to you, and you've picked some, and we're going to go through those. Um, before we do, a little disclaimer. Uh, these are mostly opinions, sometimes based on fact, also depends on the subject, um, but whatever happens, hopefully you'll get something from it as the listener. So, let's go. I feel like you know what the first question was going to be with I, that. I don't, but I'm just setting myself up. <laughs> well, I went for my favourite question first, which is, is technology the cause of the world's mental health issues? Well, it's certainly a part of it, I think. Um, good question, I guess. Is technology, what was it, is technology... The cause of the world's mental health issues. Is technology the cause of the world's mental health issues? I think, let's look at that. Is it? Is it? Probably not. Because the world is a very big place and I don't think everyone in the world uses technology. Whether they're happy or not, I don't know. Um, but what I can say is that technology is an extension of us. It's an extension of our consciousness. It is not an entire being of its own. So it isn't responsible for anything. We are responsible for everything that we use technology for. I'm responsible for recording this podcast because I've used the technology to do so. You, listener, are responsible for it allowing to go into your brain because you've turned it on and pressed my face and you're listening to this episode. My point being, the question should be how we're using technology and how is that having an effect on our mental health which I think is huge I think it causes a crazy crumbling of self-confidence if you're not careful you start comparing yourself to everyone and everything which is interesting because technology as we know it now fast-paced high speed lots of data every day has only been this way for 10 years max if you look before that and I've been very lucky to grow up in a world where I compared myself to um, Hatherden School primary school pupils and the people who lived in my local village as I grew up because I didn't have the internet, I didn't have Instagram, I didn't have Twitter, I didn't have Facebook. Even in secondary school, 
it was go to school, compare yourself to the people in your class, compare yourself to people in your social life on a weekend, because human beings do compare themselves to people. It's part of our survival process. We have to do that to keep safe and to know who our people are, to find groups that we can become parts of in order to help ourselves evolve and be stronger together. So these days, you don't just compare yourself to the people in your school, the people in your class, the people in your village or town. You can compare yourself to anybody you want or anybody even that you don't want, but you still do. Um, You're following the people that you're engaging with online, celebrities, all the crap that we're fed um, on how we should live and how we should be and what we should look like and what we should sound like and who we should be dating and all, all, all these things, all this information now becomes possible for us to compare ourselves to it all. But the reality is most of it is spiky daggers and we shouldn't be anywhere near them. They're dangerous. It's barbed wire. But of course, there's no way of telling and before you know it, it becomes your reality and your natural position in life is one of decline mentally, which by the way, according to the book, The Map of Consciousness, 87% of the population are in red, which if you read the book means they're essentially taking away from life. Let me just say that again, 87% of the population are living in a way that is taking away from life. That is a downward living process, a decay, if you will. Whereas 13% of people are living in a way that adds to life. And we've all got to hope that that 13% is strong enough to help bring the 87 along with them. Or we're going to be in a much trickier position in 2, 5, 10, 15, 20 years' time. So is technology the root of evil or whatever the question was? (laughs) No. How we use it is. So therefore, we are the problem. And one way that we can help ourselves and help each other is to really not just... I'm not saying this for the sake of saying it, but really take heed as to who we're being influenced by on the internet. Who are you following? Who are you talking to? Because the other side of it is you can choose anybody in the whole world. You could literally create an Instagram account that only followed 10 of the most inspiring and powerful people in the world. So that every time you turned on your Instagram, that's all you'd get. I wrote in my book... Imagine if Isaac Newton had Google. What would he use it for? Probably end up using it to search the latest Love Island trends. But if you could use technology only for good, what would you do? You know, I think that's the question that we need to be asking ourselves. Otherwise, devil makes work for idle thumbs. We will find ways to pollute ourselves and others. And I think that's a big problem for us. Um, Thank you for allowing me the floor space to talk about that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think technology gets a lot of hate, but it's also got a lot of good to it if you try and see the good to it. (laughs) But yes, it is clouded sometimes. But I don't think it's all bad. I think it brings a lot of people together. Think of this last year, if we didn't have technology, what would we be doing right now? We'd be amazing at snakes. (laughs) If we didn't have, yeah, smartphones. But seriously. Still technology. (laughs) Yeah, still technology. Right, yeah. We'd be there with our abacus, counting the data. <laughs> I think it's important to remember that. Mm. Technology is there for, for a lot of good, but like in the wrong hands or in the wrong attitude, it yeah. can be a problem. And it is a big problem. Mm. You know, let's just hold the space a little bit longer because I think it's very easy to say and it's even easier to listen to, oh, yeah, technology's bad enough. No, no, no. <laughs> like, seriously. If you think about it like this, if I said to you, hey, there's an object 
that's close to you right now that could potentially push you over the edge mm. what would you what would you say what would you do you'd be like what, which one which one <laughs> get it away from me you know if, if I told you there was an object near you that could cause you misery and cause you to ultimately fall into a dark depression logically you'd want to stay clear of that object that's your phone because potentially that can happen. If you find yourself in this whole world of darkness simply by the choices that you make with your thumbs. And that's how that's how important this is because anybody can can find themselves in that position. You know, I like what well, we both like, um, comics and you know the story of the Joker, you're only one bad day away from going mad. And um, that's quite powerful really. We've got to make sure that we're using these things for good or, or for productive reasons. Yeah, that's the thing that's important about those. That yes, yes, but it's the people behind it that cause the issues. You wouldn't fall into a dark place because of the technology. It would be because of the people behind it. The people using it or the people... Well, well for whatever reason, you're made to feel bad. Is I guess it's probably a bit of both. Yeah, quite often when we're being impressed on to feel bad is that the gain of something or someone else yeah. is that how we want to live or do we want to live in choice and I think that's the most important thing isn't it or one of the most important things yeah definitely it's a great question and thanks for the question what do you think if you're listening to this through your technological device because you're certainly not in the room with us <laughs> so you can thank technology for that um, what do you think about the connection between technology and the decline in mental health or the potential upside if you've got a positive story to talk about when it comes to technology you know I think that um, the things that we create in our evolution through things like technology can help to help us understand other areas of our existence that we haven't quite yet figured out for example we can use the um, structure of Wi-Fi to help us to understand how we could potentially be connected with people on the same, we say, don't we, the same bandwidth, on the same bandwidth as that person. Maybe that can help us to understand how that happens spiritually, energetically, through these constructs that we build around us. So, you know, we are always learning and growing. And there's also a lot of opportunity in how we can use technology to help us to grow. You said we were going to start deep today. We did. Yeah, and I don't know how we're going to transition to the next part. Because it's not deep. It's, it's not deep, right? So this is the awkward part where you go... This is the deep section over. Who, yeah, what, what, who can swim faster? Uh. <laughs> now we're going to carry on with social media, but more okay. business-related. Cool. The, the question is, should you use all social media platforms to promote a business? Yeah, um, that's a good question, isn't it? We use a lot of social media platforms for our clients, commonly Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn... Twitter, TikTok, we also use other things that we like to send our email campaigns from and um, other apps that we use. But look, if you're running a business, you have to be present on the internet um, unless you're a, unless that's part of your selling processes that you're not and that's part of the strong you know, uh, ways that you approach things. But really using social media is the word of mouth of the, the, the new age. Um, digital word of mouth is what we call it. So do you have to use all of them? If you can manage it, then do it. If you can, if it doesn't cause you problems, if it doesn't give you headaches, if you don't forget to, you know, 
look after your kids or your pets because of it, then do it. Um, but always make sure that you apply. I like to think of it like this, um, 70, 20, 10. 70% on like the main one that brings you the most opportunities. 20% on one that's also pretty good. There's a lot of conversation there. It's beneficial for you to be on it. And then maybe 10% of like a little bit of a risk or like a future play, something that's a bit more niche or something that's maybe up and coming, but doesn't demand all of your attention because it's not quite got the return on your investment yet. So that's a practical way to approach it, I think. And if I had to choose right now, I would go, Instagram, LinkedIn, it's hard and, then, to and, then, and then a podcast, I think. Because oh, okay. I think you just do that, yeah. get into the habit of doing it, and that can be good for your business. What do you think? I don't know, I think it's hard, because I think it depends on what they do. Yeah. Because something like TikTok would be really big for certain industries or certain businesses or people even, same goes for Pinterest and Twitter. But I wouldn't say for everyone. But then Facebook, for example, we probably wouldn't, like, say, focus on, but be on. So yeah. it's, I think it's about knowing how much you need to be somewhere. I think so. I think it's interesting about TikTok as a creator. Yeah. I don't think it's that important. Business, no. No. Yeah. The difference with TikTok is the platform is known to be entertaining. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's entertaining. You go there to get, like, I think, it's, I think of it like as, as candy floss. It's like a place where you go for fun, right? Um, if you're a business and you think, oh, I need to be on TikTok, that can either cause you to try and be funny or try yeah. and be clever or whatever and it just falls on its face or you're sort of contextually not quite relevant. Mm-hmm. So you're better off going... And by the way, if you're doing that and you haven't got Instagram videos going out every week and you haven't sorted that shit out yet, then don't even think about doing TikTok. You're better off putting all your attention on there because people are more accustomed. They're used to being taught and they're used to being given helpful advice and they used to be they used to being given that type of context whereas on TikTok they go on that for killing time and yeah. and and finding things funny and you know and, and keeping up with the sort of candy floss world as you call it so just a little side point on that I know that wasn't one of the questions but yeah what's next so then now going to Instagram are images and captions dead because of reels no. Um, people learn in different ways. Yeah. Some people like to watch videos. Some people like to look at images, photos, pictures. Some people like to read things. And that's not necessarily platform dependent or platform biased. That's human learning style bias. So if somebody is better and traditionally through school, through, through college, whatever, through their work, learns by doing so kinesthetically by moving by being more sort of animated towards their lesson whatever they're learning then they're probably not too bothered about the captions but if they are a person who likes to internalize so their their internal dialogue their internal audio systems are a very high means of learning then they're going to want to read the captions because they'll read it they'll ask themselves what they think about that as they read it And they'll internalise those words to get an understanding where they want to go with their with their understanding of this. So are they? No, I mean, and, and reels is an interesting way of sharing information, if you will. Um, it's not TikTok, and I think it's very easy to say that. And I think you can try and make it like that, but it doesn't always mean it's going to work. But essentially, what it is, it's a forty second way of using music to have a bit of creativity towards a certain piece of content. Even that 
sometimes requires supporting words. You know, the supporting words are what gives it context in the same way as when you look in a magazine, there'll be an image and then there'll be the text. You don't get the whole thing from the image. The text helps you bring the whole picture to life. So captions aren't going anywhere um, because people need them and they learn from words, reading words. But thank you for the question. (laughs) Okay, fine. And then the next question is, if you can share one thing about scaling a digital marketing agency, what would it be? Pace yourself. When you scale any business, and those of you that are in business will understand that scaling is this like big buzzword that we're all trying to achieve. It's like the holy grail of business is scaling the business. Everybody uses that word. And I think what it means essentially is taking a system, taking processes and allowing them to replicate, reproduce themselves without having to be putting more resources in. They continue to become sustainable but grow at the same time. And I think that that's the key. Sustainability in business. If we really look at what that word sustainable means, because it's a bit of a buzzword these days, it means that when you expend on something, you aren't less, you don't have less. It's you can do something, but you've still got the same or more in reserve. It's always growing in the background. Um, Like if you pull out a carrot from the ground, you've got more carrots growing. By the time you need to pull more carrots out of the ground, there's more carrots there to be picked. You're never going to be out of vegetables in a vegetable patch that's sustainable. Similar to a business, you've got to make sure that the income, you've got to make sure that the resources, the people, everything can be sustained. Otherwise, you're going to make promises you can't keep. And then it falls apart. So pacing yourself is very important. Never underestimate processes and the sustainable factors that are important about that. You have to be in a position where you're not taking away from your resources when you're scaling. And sometimes if you try and do it too quickly, you can lose quality, you can lose people, you can lose clients. And you'll find yourself back at square one and you'll think, fuck, what was that? What's the point in all that? You know? So it's important to do that. And I've certainly learned that in the last year, you know, with, with us, a couple of parts where we've maybe taken on too many clients at once, or maybe we've overemployed and not had the right type of work where we've needed it to be. And then that causes friction, it causes problems, and it takes your mind off of what's working. Which, funny enough, is where the clues are to creating sustainable growth. But if you're not focused on those because you're too busy trying to do something else or put out fires, you won't achieve that and it'll all fall apart if you're not careful. So how do you know? No, you know. I think business owners know. They just choose to ignore it. Subconsciously, they don't want to address it yet. I know I personally cling on to optimism and I'm like, it'll be okay because this, it'll be okay because that. And actually it needs to stop. You need to stop the train and go, right, hang on, before we go any further, are we going to get there? Are we going to make it? Like, is there going to be enough fuel? Is there going to be enough resources for us to get there? The weather's going to change. You know, these things are going to happen. It's going to be difficult. And sometimes you need to sort of just stop and, and just regather maybe even take a few steps backwards to go forwards again. Um, that's part of business. So people don't talk about that part of business. Mm. It's easy for people to get inspired by success all the time, but you don't have it that way. It's not, that's not how it is. It's, it's like taking eight steps forwards and five steps back. It's not two and one, it's, it's eight and five. Like you, you're walking for a long time, forwards or backwards, before you start changing direction again. That's how it feels. 
you know. And what do I know? I'm just running this business here. I'm not running anything the size of some people that are listening in terms of how many staff they have, in terms of their revenue, in terms of their responsibilities. Yeah. But the danger is when you're an aspiring business person or you want to be an entrepreneur and you're given all this advice about how great it is and how, how much money you can make and no one's talking about the shitty little horrible bits, approach with caution. Because either that person's lying to you or they haven't got a fucking clue because they've never been there before. If I was wanted to sort of sell you on the idea of going to the Grand Canyon and I've never been there before, I could just tell you what it looks like from pictures and I could sort of say, yeah, it's great. And I could paraphrase what other people have said. But I couldn't really tell you what it's like because I've never been there. So why is it any different? Yeah. But I think in, in the social media world that we live in, it's very easy to be something before you are it. And it's funny, I was talking to this, this lad I've been mentoring as part of the Asta program. Shout out to the Asta program. They've got their pitch tomorrow where these, um, these guys and girls, they're working all on sustainable businesses. It's really cool. Sustainable business ideas. And they have to pitch tomorrow to potential investors. So shout out to, to Stevie from this company it's called CD UK. They do sustainable t-shirts, sustainable fashion company. Really cool stuff. T-shirts really comfortable. So big shout out to you, buddy. And I was giving him some advice yesterday and I said, um, fake it before you make it is the worst fucking advice that anyone can ever give you, ever. Ever. Not only does it stunt your growth in terms of what you can learn, because you just dismiss that part of the journey and think, well, I've made it, I don't need the lessons along the way, but it also causes, the longer you stay there, it causes a bigger gap between reality and where you think you are. And then all of a sudden, that gap turns into a void, that void turns into a black hole, and black holes, yeah, they take away from life big time, and you could go into that black hole and end up completely in a different place um, if you're not careful. So if you're listening to this and you think that faking it before you make it is good, it's the opposite of good. It's really bad. You're better off talking about what's happening in now, talk about the truth, Share the truth, because the truth is actually more appealing. And just like Eminem in 8 Mile, in that final rap battle, if you tell the truth, no one can get you. Whereas if you fake it till you make it, you leave a trail of vulnerability to anyone that at any point wants to have a go at you. And if they do, you're making it easy for them to do that. You know, and in a world where we're worried about what other people might think, Stop faking it till you make it then. Because you're yeah. causing yourself a huge fucking problem. You know? If you can't accept the truth, stop doing it. You know, it's like it's like me saying, yeah, we're, we're, we've had an amazing couple of months and that's been hard. I've said that before already. But to make someone redundant, you know? That's the reality of the situation. Are we having fun? Yeah. Are we enjoying building this company? Yeah, of course we are. Are we achieving great things? Yes, I believe we are. Do we know where we want to go? We do. But it doesn't mean that we're, we're subject to different rules to everybody else and we don't play the game the same way as everybody else. And we have an advantage. We have an extra player on the court. Or we have, you know, we start with 10 points, everyone starts on zero. We're still in the same game. We're still subject to the same problems and the same risks. And part of that is when you are running a business, there are things that happen that change the course of direction, that require you to get in the cockpit and start looking at where to go, how to navigate around the asteroids instead of keep all going and crash. And sometimes that takes you 
longer than you want. Sometimes that causes you to get travel sick. You know, sometimes you lose people along the way and they decide that they want to jump out and or, or you've got no room in, inside anymore and you need to change that. But I always say to everybody here, and I always have said to everybody here, that this company will outlive all of us, including me, because that's what a successful company should do. Everybody here at some point will leave before the company finishes, including me. If I've done my job properly, then that will be the case. That's all we can hope for, I think, is to have a great time while we invest our time and energy into something. I said the other day, didn't I? It's not work, it's what you pour your energy into. And then hopefully we achieve the goals that we know we can achieve and want to achieve. But one day somebody will buy this company and they won't fucking want me around. <laughs> I'm shit. I don't do anything. No, that's, that's I do some stuff. But they won't, they won't want me sticking around. So that's what I mean about the company lasting longer than the people in it. Yeah, it's interesting though, because people don't really embrace the not knowing, the beginner. Beginner's mind. Yeah, people don't embrace that, do they? Like, well, the beginner's mind has unlimited possibilities. The expert mind has but a few. Mm. <laughs> Are you going to expand on that or no? No, I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> All right, fine. No, I, I wasn't going to ask this, but you were talking about the steps forward and the steps back, and I feel like it would fit in quite well. Um, but someone asked about, is there ever, like, knowing when to stop, knowing when to give up, and how to know? Yeah, there is a way. There, There is a, yeah, I saw that, that question was really cool, actually. Um, I think it's about honour. It's about honour. If you just live... If you do things with integrity and honour, then sometimes you can hold your hands up and say, I gave it everything I could. We're not all destined to be great at things. We're destined to be great, full stop, but we're not all destined to be great at the things that we necessarily want to be great at. So sometimes we've got to take a bit of a reality check. It's like singing, okay? If I really wanted to be a singer, I could take singing lessons. I could try and find a way in. I could go on reality TV shows. I could try and be a bit quirky if I didn't have the talent. I don't have the talent. But if I worked hard enough, could I be a singer? Could I be a pop star? Who knows? You but don't I'm have not. The talent. I don't. Can you I'm sorry. It? I, no, I, I just don't. <laughs> just take my word for it, okay? I'm not going to sing. Oh, that's fine. Um, the point being, I am not entitled to become a pop star. And people also should realise they're not entitled to be successful in business. Just saying, hey, I'm self-employed, or people prefer to call it entrepreneur these days when really it should just be self-employed, right? That's just a little bugbear of mine. We won't go there. But when you are going out there and you're attempting to run a business on your own, it doesn't entitle you to be successful at it. So if you feel like you have to stop, do it with integrity. Hold your hands up and say, I gave it everything I could, if you have given it everything you could. And then go and find an incredible employer and be the best assistant or backup or number two that you possibly can be for that company. Because it might be that you're better suited at that than being in charge. Because being in charge isn't like, I've said it a lot, but if you know, you know, right? It's not actually that easy. Um, Like being a singer is not easy. Having the talent is one thing, being able to work hard is another thing. But neither entitle you to being the best or having that that opportunity to actually happen for you in your life. 
So we have to lose that entitlement. It's not actually there for everybody. Um, and that's why I call it, you know, about the, play, the playing field or the game. It's, it's exciting because it tickles my, my competitive spirit. Mm. But also it's um, important to take check on yourself and your own performance every now and again. So you feel like you need to give up, you might need to give up. As long as you've got integrity, you know. I said it last week, take counsel in the, in the people who are around you in your life and just talk to them about it, you know. I've had this conversation before. Now deep down, deep down, like proper deep, like proper fucking deep down, like as in like the probably the deepest I've ever been deep, <laughs> like the lowest I've ever felt. Deep, yeah. Like deep. I felt, re- yeah, pretty deep. I felt pretty shit. Like a year and a half ago, to be fair, and I did have that conversation with my wife and with my mum. Should I get a job? Should I get a job? I'm pretty employable. I've got good skills, transferable skills. I could probably get a job, 45, 50 grand a year. Yeah, I'd have to work every day and I'd have a boss and I'd be not able to sort of just take an afternoon off or kind of, you know, be there for the kids so they have like events on or whatever or depending on the sort of employer that I had, that might not be possible at that sort of wage level, maybe at that entry level, you know, for me. But I considered it because I was, I was willing to do that for my family because it was becoming very stressful running at that time. What was the gym and the coaching and events business? It's just becoming very problematic, but they knew that's not me. I knew it's not me. And it would be like, um, Botticelli denying the world of his singing talents. I'm sure that um, that's only how I see it. Um, but it's um, it had to, I had to start that. I had to start Type 55. It was my. By the way, like people said to me, like you fuck this up. That's it. This is your last chance, dickhead. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like like we know that you're this. You know, you can imagine the story, can't you? Like, oh, I'm gonna get a job. No. You can't do it. It's not who you are, man. You're right. It's not who I am, man. I'm an entrepreneur, man. You can't hold me down, man. I don't know why I'm American all of a sudden. And, and they're like, yeah, okay, well, you know, you, you got this. You can do this, man. Start that, start that company, man. Don't fuck it up, though. Because you're not having enough chance. <laughs> so I've had a few moments, haven't I, over the last few months where I've been like, I can't fucking make the set. I've sworn a bit here. I should. Sorry. Mum, if you're listening, or Kelly's mum, Beth, sorry if you're listening, that's pretty worse, mother-in-law, who you swear. Um, but there were, yeah, there were some, some moments where I had to really look myself in the mirror and go, are you really going to make the same mistake, even if it was a trivial one? Because it is the last chance, which is why you know, we talked about the last dance and how significant that is. So yeah, it's, people might not know this, and I think so. Just trying this new new venture, it's kind of all I had. It, it's it's kind of saved the day. Type fifty five. Yeah. In the past year, have you ever thought? I don't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't last long. No. And that's the thing. Like in the same way as an athlete might say, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Like career move, changing clubs. Like for example, we, we love like how, how well he's playing, Jack Grealish playing for England right now. If he plays for Aston Villa, psychologically, he always has nothing to lose. Yeah. Okay? Because the team is not expected to win. 
when he plays for England, he still plays like that because he's in and amongst better players and he loves the attention, but he still has nothing to lose. When that guy gets a transfer to a top club, that changes everything because he's expected to win. So just like he might or anyone might approach that and think, well, I don't know if, I'm, if, if I want this. It's just doubt. It's just doubt. And it doesn't last long if deep down you know you do want it and deep down you do believe in yourself and you do want to make a, an impact on the world around you with the talents and the skills that you possess. So it doesn't last long. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't have moments of that of that doubt of like, oh, you know, <laughs> is this worth it? You know, is, is this... Is this the hardest way to make an easy living you know like, <laughs> like the street song you know I've been I've been there before with with the events you know having to make thousands of pounds of income by a certain date or I'd be in a you know serious situation but doing it scraping by with a little bit left over it's the hardest way to make an easy living because I could have just got a job in a supermarket and earned the same amount of money now of course it wouldn't give me the same things that then would have happened as a result of doing the process, but still financially. And that's not how I want to run my life, my own business. So yeah, there's been moments. There's been moments. All right. We've got the last question. Okay. It's a really little simple one, okay? Yes. But someone just asked for your top productivity tips. Top productivity tips. You say it's a simple one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a bit of an issue with this. <laughs> You've got an issue with everything. Have I? <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe this this podcast is just me and just complaining about. What things. did you say? I've got an issue with. I've this. got an issue with this. What with productivity or? With the whole conversation about productivity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't think ever in my life I've ever struggled to do anything I love. Yeah. Whether it's playing FIFA, or running a business, or playing football outside as a kid, or doing like. English homework because you still love that topic. I've never struggled to do the things I love. So if you're struggling to do anything, it's because you don't love it enough. Or more specifically, you love something else more. So in that moment, because that's all we ever have is the moment and the time now that we can use. If you're thinking, oh, I should be doing something, it's because you want to do something else more than you want to do that thing. So you either then find a way to bring more skin into the game. So bring more leverage as to why that task is more important than the mundane task, get out of your chimp paradox brain and start thinking about the bigger picture and what that means to you and your life. It's one way. Or the other way is don't do it. Quit the job. Quit the sport. Stop the, stop the, the train. Whatever it is that you're not doing, stop doing it because you'll probably fucking not do it ever. It'll probably always be a problem. If it's always a headache, stop doing it. In the business, that might be delegating tasks. If you're always struggling to do, like we know how, how I sometimes struggle with certain things, I shouldn't really be doing them. Sometimes I have to, so I do. But it's testament to the fact that there's other people that are more enthused about those tasks than I am, and so their passion should be poured into those tasks, not my empty cup. And it's the same for anyone else that's thinking, oh, I need to get more productive. Sometimes like learning to be more productive can be like trying to roll water up a hill. It's impossible to do that because the psycho psychological makeup is quite not quite there for it to ever happen. And it will always be hard. 
and in the slightest change of circumstances in your personal life where there's more stress, maybe the kids keeping you up at night, maybe your relationships having a bit of a tough patch, you definitely are not going to do it because your energy is going to be so low that you're not going to have the energy you need to overcome the barrier towards the task. So you said it was a simple one, but I'd love to be able to say, yeah, do try this and do that and use this app, but it's all just putting plaster over the cut, right? It doesn't solve the problem. I like, yeah, cool. Okay, that's all the questions I had then for today. That was good. That was a good mixture there. Mm. Yeah. We've talked through it, well, it's deep and yeah, surface. What I'd really like, Kendall, is yeah. for people that are listening to this, which we know that there are people listening, to let us know that they're listening and reach out to us on social media. The best way of doing so is on Instagram, at Tommy Gentleman, all one word. Let me know if you're listening to this podcast episode, which is episode 127. And also, let me know what you would like us to talk about next. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have an area or a topic that you think it would be interesting for us to talk about. We're going to be having guests on the podcast very soon as well, so we can involve those guests in the questions too. But we're probably going to do one more next week, just us. So we will need some questions. So if you are listening to this, you'd like to get involved in the conversation, let us know. And thank you to everybody who asked a question on Instagram stories. We will be back again next week. Enjoy your day. Make the most of it. And if you don't love it enough, stop doing it. See you soon.